When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I am Ben Bullock. Ben, we've got a listener suggestion today that uh, was too good to ignore. Yeah, this is a really good one. Not that all of them aren't really good, but this one stood out for us. It really did. Uh, This one comes from Martin Sikorsky. And Martin is a a listener who contacted us via Facebook. And I'll just kind of read through quickly here his uh, Facebook post that, that... Alerted us to this topic. Uh, it says, gents, I listened to your podcast on my way to work at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. So cool. Very cool. And uh, we recently celebrated 80 years, and they brought out some rare items. And he's been posting some photos on our Facebook page uh, with with those rare photos. And I'll tell you in just a moment what a couple of those are. But yeah. um uh, mentions that uh, he listens to a lot of the How Stuff Works family of podcasts, and, and it's funny to him how we mention a lot of the things that they have on display at the Museum of Science and Industry, <laughs> and uh, that you know, like the Apollo capsule, the mm-hmm. Enigma machine, farm mm-hmm. tractors, things like that, plastinated body parts, uh, lots of different stuff. So it says, keep up the good work, and I've got two ideas. One of the ideas, which I, I think we're going to cover later, um, but I'm just kind of letting the cat out of the bag here. Okay. Um, the uh, the fiftieth anniversary of the Mustang is coming up. Oh, and he already knew. Martin knew, and he wants us to uh, to talk about that. Now that's that's coming up in you know twenty fourteen. Yes. Uh, so we'll talk about that. I promise. We'll get to that one. That's a good one. We should have um, kept that cat bag. The, the second suggestion is uh, the uh, the luxury division known as Lincoln uh, from the Ford Motor Company, and. We thought that was a great idea, so I, you know, replied and said we'd, we'd do that, um, and that's what we're going to cover today. But I wanted to also mention a couple of these photos that he sent in from the uh, the Museum of Science and mm-hmm. Industry in Chicago. Uh, one of them was like a, you know, this 1947 GM mesh transmission, uh, really cool cutaway, like an engineering exercise, I guess. You know, shows you what's inside. A couple of airplane engines, um, a dive bomber engine. Uh, one of them was a Rolls-Royce Spitfire engine, which is really cool. Wow. And then an electric armored car from 1898 that they have on display, which is completely open top, 
looks like um, almost like one of those vehicles that you would drive around like a shop, you know, like an electric vehicle that you would use in, in a shop application, like, okay. a, like a machine shop or something. But it has a machine gun mounted to the front. Or, I'm sorry, just a, a gun mounted to the front of it. I don't know if it's a machine gun or not. Mm-hmm. But completely open top, but it's supposedly an armored vehicle. Kind of a ridiculous design, but interesting nonetheless. And now listeners can see these on our Facebook page, right? Definitely. That's awesome. They yeah. should uh, and, and check they're from them out. Right around June, like late June. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so take a look at that. And uh, again, Martin, thank you. And we're going to talk about Lincoln, um, and luxury divisions because I, you know, we've, we've talked about this in the past that a lot of automotive companies have a luxury division like like honda has acura mm-hmm. nissan has infinity mm-hmm. toyota has lexus general motors has cadillac and ford motor company has lincoln ah uh, yes and you have probably recognized even if you're not a car person a lincoln vehicle in your vicinity because let's face it they look classy they look polished if we're talking about the lincoln town cars the continental mm-hmm. uh this is a car that makes an impression. It's a, uh, they, they've over time, uh, gone for building a reputation of understated elegance. That's a good way to put that, Ben. Thank you. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it is true. Uh, but the story of Lincoln is much longer than some people might imagine. So long, in fact, that this is going to be a two-part podcast, and you and I decided we were going to do this before we hit the air with Yeah, it. I felt it in my bones that this is not going to work for a single episode. It would be way too long. So we're going to split it up, and uh, we'll just kind of play it by ear here and, and decide when to chop it here. And we will, uh, I promise we'll get to the second half right after this. But um, the story is so long, I'll tell you, that it goes – and there's a lot of history, and don't let that scare you away because – It's all interesting. There is, there's some really interesting little nuggets in this story that, that come out that I had – I again, we talk about Henry Ford a lot. Yeah. We have to talk about Henry Ford early on in this thing. The, the, mm-hmm. the whole story starts with Henry Ford in 1896. Right. And this is a, this is a great point because this, this point, 1896 – predates the foundation of the actual Lincoln Motor Company, but it's instrumental and it's important that we talk about this. So, Scott, could you take it away? Yeah, we go, I mean, just Lincoln Motor Company doesn't come around until really 1917. Right. And uh, we're going to go all the way back to 1896. You have to start with Henry Ford um, and the way that these characters cross paths, it it all matters in the end. You'll find out. Uh, So 1896 is when Henry Ford is working on the quadricycle, right? Yes. And he forms a a company called the Detroit Automobile Company in about 1899. And uh, he realizes that, the you know, early on, he himself understands that the products are a little too low quality for Ford because uh, he has a little higher standard, I guess. Right. Um, and and the, the cost was getting too much. He said, no, it can't can't cost this much. Can't can't be this low quality, can't cost this much. Mm-hmm. I can't let this Detroit automobile company continue on. I'm going to dissolve it. And so by, uh, I think it was, man, I think it was 1899 when he finally dissolved that company. So early, early on. Um, I'm sorry, or dissolved it in 1901. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was founded in 1899. So, you know, just around for a couple of years, uh, but not a whole lot came out of that. Well, Ford, you know, as you know, he was pretty industrious. Right. Uh, he founded a second company, and he called this one the Henry Ford Company. And he founded that one in the same year that he dissolved the other company. So he, for- he formed it in 1901. And, again, the Henry Ford Company was, was with 
a couple of other investors, um, an engineer named Harold Willis mm-hmm. and a guy named William Murphy, who was a, this is, this title always cracks me up. William Murphy was a De- Detroit lumber baron. And I don't know why that always makes me laugh. But, because uh, it, it sounds like a made up funny job. Like when you picture a lumber baron, it's sort of like the old railroad tycoon. Uh, yeah. You know, is a lumber baron wearing uh, a three-piece suit made of flannel? Sure. He's, yeah, with a uh, you know with, with the the, st- the pocket watch, you know, through the three three-piece yeah. suit. He's anyways, the saw though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got <laughs> saw in hand. So, anyways, you know, you know, Ford. Like I said, he's he's really really trying to push you know getting getting these cars made and you yes. know, he's he's very very driven i guess mm-hmm. so he had two car companies prior to ford motor company now remember we mentioned the detroit automobile company mm-hmm. the henry ford company which as of right now on our timeline that's where we are and of course henry is the chief engineer of of the henry ford company as so he should be. he's got a major major role in this thing right and of course he's a, a major investor as well well in 1902 um, William Murphy, that I just mentioned, the Detroit Lumber Baron, mm-hmm. he brought in a guy named um, Henry M. Leland mm-hmm. as a consultant. And Henry Leland, as we'll find out, has a, uh, a, a critical role in all this. And this this time in 1902 is the first time that uh, Henry Leland and Henry Ford cross paths. And we'll find out that later that comes up as well. They cross paths again in their history. Yes. So 1902, and we're still more than a decade away from Lincoln Motors, but we're starting to see the pieces come together. Now, you say Leland and Ford will run into each other more than one time, but what's their take on each other, Scott? Well, How do they see, feel about each well, other? Well, there, there's a little bit of friction there, and I would say a little bit, more than a little bit, because, um, as we'll find out in just a moment, uh, Ford actually leaves the company that that has his own name, uh, you know, the, this, the Henry Ford Company, um, as a result of this meeting with with Leland or what what Leland does to the company, because Leland's job in 1902 was to appraise the Ford Motor Company, um, you know, c- kind of figure out what's going wrong, like why why aren't things working the way they should, yeah. and all the tooling, the factory, mm-hmm. everything that's involved with it, um, find out what's happening there, and they're they're talking about liquidating the factory and getting rid of all the assets and everything. So that's the situation that the that the Henry Ford Company was in, and of course Henry, you know, he's very proud of his company. Um, wants it to exist, you know, continue to exist, and yes. and actually that that's kind of surprising because Leland's advice was was to them not to liquidate the factory, um, but to rather um, keep everything that's in place, you know, all the uh, all the, the tooling and everything that's the already there. Everything is there. He says what they should do is they should build a, a brand new car with a new engine that get this that Leland has been working on for a company called Oldsmobile. Yeah, see, this is where we, I, Scott, I think we were softballing it just a little, and I say it with all due respect. Leland and Ford are enemies. They are pulling like a Scalieri Beethoven sort of thing. Yeah. They're rivals. And you know Henry Ford, right? I mean, we've talked about him so many times in the past that, you know, he's got a, a tremendous temper on him. Yes. And he really does. And it, and it can appear out of nowhere, really. He tore a car apart with his bare hands. Uh, one of his own cars. He tore a prototype apart. That's right. Barehanded. So, you know, he can, uh, he can fly off the handle, as we'll say, I guess, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, so Leland is not, they're not collaborators. No, no, he's not well accepted at the uh, at the Henry Ford Company by Henry Ford, and so much so that that you know Ford was actually forced out of of the group of investors that that were led by Leland to kind of you know reinvent this company that that Henry had founded. Yeah. So Henry again, Henry founded this Henry Ford Company, and 
now that Leland has, you know, kind of come in and really, I mean, essentially taken over yeah. the, this factory, this tooling, you know, everything that was the Henry Ford company. Well, Leland says, you know, now that we've got this new engine, we're going to build this new vehicle. Mm-hmm. Let's rename this whole deal and we're going to call it Cadillac. Exactly right. So as as a strange twist in this. Now, I told you there are going to be these little nuggets here and there yeah. that you're going to want to pick up on. Amazingly so, Henry Ford is credited with being the founder of Cadillac Automobile Company. Mm-hmm. The original founder, because he owned the Henry Ford Company that eventually was turned into the Cadillac Automobile Company by Henry Leland. Mm-hmm. So what a strange twist, huh? I mean, if you look up Cadillac, it's it's right there. It's not. It's indisputable. It's it's yeah, there it's on the Cadillac website. Exactly. So Leland and Henry Ford both get credit for you know founding this company. I guess I guess uh, you know under the actual name of Cadillac, it's Leland. Mm-hmm. But Henry Ford is truly the founder of what became the Cadillac Automobile Company. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
and then who uh, who starts sniffing around the honey pot at this point? Uh, 1909, General Motors mm-hmm. acquires Cadillac. Yeah, and that's mainly because, and the reason that they had interest in this. Now, remember, it's a fairly new company. Yeah. Um, all this is going down in 1902, and so between 1902 and 1909, the Cadillac standard, the uh, you know, I'll say that it's kind of like. Um, I don't know. Internationally recognized, maybe, is the best way to say that. That's a really you know, good that, way to say that, it. That it was it was garnering attention worldwide at this point for its its quality, its reliability, uh, the precision parts that they used, fit and finish, everything mm-hmm. that you know the the all the cars prior to this really didn't exhibit. I mean, there were a lot of really low quality cars coming out of some of these smaller factories. You know that they were turning out. One after the other, and there's but, still a cottage industry at this point too. So there's not there's not quite the same standardization mm-hmm. uh, that Cadillac introduced. Really. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the big things about this is that uh, one of the big things about the Cadillac Automobile Company is that it was one of the first companies, if not the first, to really focus on the inter. I don't know how to say this. Maybe interchangeability. The Ease yeah. of ease of switching parts from one vehicle to the next in the model lineups. Yeah, so, yeah, the the modular building. It, yeah, that's maybe a better way to say it. This is a really big idea at the time, you know, because this is brand new, and now we see it a lot in, in mm-hmm. cars that you know there's some carryover parts, and you can easily see what's carryover from one model to the next within a brand. Right, at, and at even just time, consumables. Yeah, at the time in in uh, in 1909 or 1902 through 1909, this was a brand new idea, and it and it really sold the company to uh, to General Motors, and and they wanted it, and they wanted it bad because they bought it for get this in 1909, four and a half million dollars, which is a pretty big sum. Um, that was, I figured this out on a, uh, inflation calculator. Yeah, I, I love that you do this every time. <laughs> I try to when I can. If I see the numbers, I try to do it. So in 2013 dollars, that equals about 106 million dollars, 100, uh, yeah, 106 million dollars, a little over that. Uh, so this four and a half million dollars back in 1909 was, it was a big purchase, really. Yeah, but still, it sounds like they got it for a song. Well, you know, when you think about, 1909 car companies, it probably was a factory on a corner. It was probably one location. That's true. Probably one, maybe, maybe a satellite office that had, you know, the, the, the design studio or whatever they happen to have. Maybe. But it's not anything like what you're thinking now of now, where you think of, you know, these factories that occupy hundreds of acres of property and and they have global networks. Exactly. And robotics and all of that going on and, you know, thousands and thousands of employees. This is Cadillac in 1909. So, you know, GM to get, for them to pick it up for four and a half million dollars, that's a pretty big sum. And the thing is that Leland, who was, you know, then at the time running the place, he, he stayed on as an executive until a critical date, 1917. Ah, yes. And here we arrive at the birthday of, uh, the Lincoln Motor Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was founded by Henry Leland along with his son, Wilfred, right? Yeah, Wilfred. And uh, Leland named this company after one of his favorite presidents. Spoiler alert, it was Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and Leland, according to the story, even cast a vote for Lincoln. So you know, that's how far back this goes. You know, I had always heard this, that, that it was named for Abraham Lincoln. And I thought, no, this it's too cut and dry. It just doesn't seem like that's possible. But it's true. Uh, this Henry Leland, he did vote for vote for Lincoln. I forget what year it was. Would that be 1864? I think that would be. I think you're right. So he, yeah, because he was born. Uh, Leland was born in 1843 in Vermont. So he's an American citizen. Uh, he 
man, that's just so strange to think of him dropping a vote in the ballot box for Abraham Lincoln in 1864. Yeah. I don't know why that's unusual, but he, he I mean, he, this guy lived until 1932, so he was old when he passed away in Detroit, uh, this, this little land character. And, you know, at this point, he's, he's here with his son. He's just come off of being, you know, having a company that was purchased from, you know, from him by General Motors, this Cadillac Motor Company, right, for, so or automobile company, for four and a half million dollars. So he's not hurting for money. He's but, flush with cash at this point. But again, like Henry Ford, we get the distinct implication that Leland would rather be his own man, would rather own his own stuff. And Lincoln Motor Company, a little bit of trivia for, for some people here. Lincoln Motor Company was not originally founded to build cars. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Yeah, well, um, maybe that was the intent later on. I think that they did have the intent that they were going to do that. Because okay, they they were planning. Okay, and, they were and planning only, to build it later on, but their first product was aircraft engines. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, you're right, and I'm pro- maybe I'm reading too much into the story. I, I, I think you're right because clearly it's it's a motor company. Well, cars is, where motors at. This is a car guy. I mean, he's yeah, been he's around. A car guy. He's been in the, the car business now for some time. You know, more than a couple of decades at this point. So. He was interested in cars, to be sure. But you're right. the uh, The first product that the Lincoln Motor Company put out was actually it was actually engines for for aircraft for Liberty aircraft that were mm-hmm. assembled really at the Lincoln factory. Uh, the cylinders were produced by the Ford Motor Company. And again, these are World War One aircraft engines that they're building at yeah. this factory, and that's their first source of income, their first revenue generating job, I guess. And this also, uh, Scott, we should point out that. Manufacturing, again, I feel like we say this every time we deal with cars and wars, Mm -hmm. uh, manufacturers were, uh, doing this on, uh, on a frequent basis because when a war effort kicked in, then the manufacturing base of not only the United States, but Europe as well would shift to focus on military hardware. Now, I, I think I owe you a little bit of an apology, Scott, because clearly the Lincoln Motor Company was made to make cars. They made a quick buck off the aircraft engines, but in 1920, they already made their first car. Yeah, they were they were making cars by 1920, and I I do I want to get to that in just one second, but I I do really feel like we need to just take a moment here and really talk about Henry Leland and you know who he was, where he comes from. I think that plays a a big role in this entire story, and it'll kind of maybe more. Give a, a more of a clear idea to our listeners that this was a car guy through and through, really. Let's paint a picture. Yeah, how about that? So he's a he's an American-born um, machinist, engineer, inventor, automotive entrepreneur, as he's described here. He was born in Vermont in 1843. I think we mentioned that. Yeah. He lived all the way until 1932, so he was age 89 when he passed away. It's a good life. Um, he was the, uh, as we mentioned already, the founder of Cadillac and of Lincoln, the Lincoln Motor Company. That's not letting any secrets out at this point. We've already told you. Yep. So, you know, two luxury marks that are still known today, well known today, that compete in the marketplace today. Kind of interesting there. I think that, you know, he founded two companies that eventually compete against each other. <laughs> we actually competed right from the very beginning because they were both around. Um, he also, he learned engineering precision uh, precision machining to the point where he was able to work for a firearms company. Uh, he worked for Colt for a while prior to doing all this other stuff with the automotive industry and forming all these companies. And these guys always have their hands in a lot of different things, don't they? Yes. Very interesting, interesting stories for all of these guys, as you'll find out. Now, by 1870, I think they said, he was already interested in what was known as the automotive industry, which, as you know, wasn't really the automotive industry at that point. It was really just motors. People were kind of tinkering with motors, as was Henry Ford. Yeah, it's uh, it's to me, it's always fascinating to think about that period in time because it was. Um, it's strange when you think about how in the modern age now people have talked about DIY stuff as though it's a thing that people are rediscovering. Mm-hmm. But that's how the car industry started. It really did start with some very, very, very smart people saying, how could I make this do something useful? Literally building 
car engine on your kitchen ca- kitchen table out yeah. in the garage wherever it happened to be and then put it into, into whatever vehicle that you had on hand which would be a, which <laughs> would be a carriage break 90% of the time exactly there was so much r&d that went into these things it was amazing i'm sure that you know now by 1870 as as a machinist as an engineer mm-hmm. inventor he was already you know i'm sure he's working on his own type of engines and we said he developed an engine for Yes. Oldsmobile, right? Yep. So and a competitor engine to Ford. Exactly. So you know, he, oh, a couple other things of interest here before we move on, because he, you know, he's still around. This uh, this guy, this this Henry Leland guy, uh, when we get to the 1920s. But um, he also, it, this is just a side note here. I see a note one in one place that says he invented electric barber clippers. I don't know if that's true or not, but I did find some information that supported that he invented a uh, a kid's toy. It was a train model, uh, model train rather. That was uh, kind of a hanging monorail type thing. Oh, cool! And you can buy these. You can find these still. They're called the Leland Detroit monorail, and uh, they're very, very cool looking. Uh, you know, of course, obviously vintage or antique toys. You know, a dealer might have something like this, and I'm sure they're expensive. But uh, it's really just a kind of an interesting thing. If you want to look it up, the, it's called the Leland Detroit monorail, and uh, you can find a bunch of these around. You know, collectors mm-hmm. have them. They're on sale. You know, antique shops, things like that. So I think we were in the 1920s, right? Yes. So in the 1920s, in 1920, on the nose, uh, the first Lincoln car is introduced. It is the L series. Mm-hmm. And um, the L series, now, Scott, I want to say this. I want to say this diplomatically. Yeah, be delicate. Um, you or- know what? Let's just be candid. Didn't do well enough. Uh, to help the company. Okay, it wasn't up to the standards of what we would think of a luxury automaker would create. Yeah, it's not. It's not what we would associate a Lincoln car with today. Uh, the the L series just did not perform, and this led to some disastrous things at the Lincoln Motor Company. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, this is early, early on in the history of the, the company. I remember they mm-hmm. were, you know, this is this is. A tough time for a company because, you know, they're coming off of, you know, having all this work during World War One with the aircraft engines and everything. Mm-hmm. And now they're to doing what they truly wanted to do when they formed and, and to build these luxury automobiles. And they're having a hard time of it. And someone came riding to the rescue. But before we talk about that, Scott, I wanted to take a little moment and talk about something different. Yeah, why not? Okay, so... You know, it's that time of year when people like to travel, go see some loved ones. Sure. The weather's nice. I travel all the time. You travel all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe just hop in the car and go on some spontaneous road trip, which is one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd like to recommend an audio book. Oh, what have you got? I have a book that dovetails nicely with our story of Lincoln today. Uh, It is called Driven. Inside BMW, the most admired car company in the world. That's part of the title. That's not me. Oh, luxury manufacturer. Uh huh. Hmm. This uh, audiobook is an exclusive look at one of the world's most successful, controversial companies and the mysterious family behind it. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Good huh. one. So the guy who is writing this is a guy named David Kiley. K-I-L-E-Y, maybe mispronouncing that, um, Detroit bureau chief at USA Today. He's the author of uh, Getting the Bugs Out, which covered the Volkswagen demise and rebirth. Uh, so he goes into the BMW automaker to see how they do what they do so well. And this is 
for anybody who enjoys hearing the history of a company, for anybody who enjoys gathering bits of uh, obscure knowledge about a company. Exactly what we're doing today. Kind of what, kind of exactly what we're doing today. Oh, kind of exactly this guy. Anyhow, uh, this is available on audiblepodcast.com and you can listen to it today. It is 13 hours and 41 minutes long. So um, if you listen to it today, you'll be listening to it for several days. And the good news is that if you do choose to download this book that Ben suggested, what's it called? Uh, what was it? Driven? Driven yeah. Inside BMW. If you want to learn about BMW and the history of BMW, you can get a free audio download of your choice when you when you sign up today. And all you have to do is go to audiblepodcast.com slash carstuff. And again, you get a free audio book of your choice. And I know a lot of these books, Ben, some of these are kind of expensive. Some of them are, you know... Twenty-seven, twenty-eight dollars. Yeah, you know, for yeah. non-members, mm-hmm. this is a bargain. If you're if you're a car stuff listener, it's not like you know this is just kind of a, a throwaway giveaway thing. Yeah, these are. I mean, it's the real thing. It's you're getting a, a pretty good deal to be able to do this. And again, you don't have to to choose the one that Ben selected here. This yeah, I, my heart will go on if you don't. <laughs> and we've suggested many of them in the past. If you want yeah. to go back and check those archives, but um, man, there's there's over one hundred thousand titles to choose from. So you know, you can download them to your iPod, your MP3 player, whatever device you usually listen to something like this through, and uh, it's it's a really good deal. And speaking of really good deals, the Ford Motor Company acquired Lincoln for uh, yeah. $8 million. Yeah, I'm laughing because this, can you imagine what Henry Ford was thinking when he said, you know what, here's my opportunity. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to swoop in and I'm going to take over this company. That's like Count of Monte Cristo level he, revenge. This is, I mean, I bet I can I can just picture. Now, I, I honestly picture this, like, you know, almost like Mr. Burns rubbing his hands together at the windowsill. <laughs> you know, like, my day has come, you know, that kind of thing. You know, that's exactly, yeah, that's a, that's exactly the way I picture this going down. And I and I don't think that's terribly too far off. I mean, this is a, a huge win personally for Henry Ford. Uh, you know, following this 1902 situation with Leland and uh, and the Cadillac Company, which you know then became a competitor to Ford, which you know just added insult to the injury. Mm-hmm. I can just imagine Henry Ford. He had to have been so excited to be able to do this, and it must have been so satisfying for him because he bought it for eight million dollars. Yeah, um, and this is in what 1922. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oh, look at that. I have the uh, calculation. I have the inflation calculator here. So, All right. Um, in 2013 dollars, that amounts to about $111 million. So, again, it's a, it's a fairly large sum. However, he was getting a luxury brand for his, for his company. I mean, something yeah. that Ford didn't have at this point. And I think there's a whole lot of information that we need to cover why why they would be interested in, in acquiring the Lincoln brand mm-hmm. uh, because it was kind of it was counterintuitive to what Henry was doing already with the, the Model T. Right, which uh, just so everybody knows, of course, the Model T was built to be the first affordable car. Yeah, I mean, how else do you think Henry had, you know, what was it, $8 million to throw around in 1922? Um, he was doing very, very well for himself with mm-hmm. the, the success of the Model T brand. And, uh, you know, there's there's... Oh my gosh, Ben! There's so much more to this story that I think we've reached a point where maybe this is a, a good jumping-off point for part one. Okay. Because we've we've talked about you know 
linking up to this point, we've we've hit on the uh, on the founders, all the players involved at this point. Mm-hmm. We've gotten up to the point where you know Lincoln has been sold to Ford, and uh, where does it go from there? I mean, we've got you what's know, the, the next turn? Exactly, what's the next turn in the story? And there are some twists and turns in this, and some interesting ones. And I mean, this might be a three parter. To be honest with you. There's a lot of stuff. Well, it could be. I'm thinking maybe two, uh, maybe three. We'll see. We'll We'll see see. how it goes. But, you know, there's there's some really good stuff, modern day stuff about Lincoln that I want to talk about later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's this whole thing with Edsel that's going to come up. Yeah. Um, I I promise part two is going to be exciting with Edsel because uh, he's got his own direction, his own, his own, yeah, his own uh, focus in mind. Well, uh, let's, let's end then really quickly on one maybe a cliffhanger or a good note. You know, we like to end on a good note. So yeah, I'm sure. on a good note, and then I'll go into some listener mail. Okay. Uh, so after Ford took over the uh, the Lincoln Motor Company, uh, they reduced prices, they changed the bodywork, and sales increased to over 5,000 vehicles from March to December of 1922. Not bad. So as soon as they got in there, they started shaking things up. So there were some improvements. There were some improvements. And I'll tell you, it wasn't all Henry. And it, it was, wasn't uh, all Henry. Don't, no. Okay. Don't. It's part two. Fair enough. It's part two stuff. Um, do you want to do listener mail? I do. Great. Scott, Scott, I owe you an apology. I misspoke. <laughs> What's and, that? What, what are you uh, talking about? Well, Steve Reed wrote to us um, from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Uh, says, hi, guys. Love your show. I need to point out a small microscopic thing. Oh, I remember this now. I thought this was so clever, and he's very nice about it. I'm sure I'm not the first to email you about this. Uh, you were. Uh, but in the Bare Metal Cars Part 2 episode, Ben says one millionth of an inch is a micron. Micron is actually short for micrometer, or one millionth of a meter. I'm not sure what a millionth of an inch is called, but it's not a micron. But I bet you've already cleared that up in a more recent episode, which I will be listening to soon. Thanks. Have a great day. Steve, I really appreciate it. I did misspeak. Um, You know, Scott, you and I do try to have this be a conversational show, Mm -hmm. so we don't like to stop over and over this from. But I I definitely uh, botched that one. Uh, Micron, ladies and gentlemen, is short for micrometer. Steve is correct. And uh, this is the episode where we're clearing it up, Steve. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, hope you enjoy the bare metal cars despite my egregious sins against measurement. Ben, don't feel too bad. That was, uh, it was easy enough. I mean, when, when we're talking, we just, it's kind of like we're just having a, a, a conversation over a table here. Mm-hmm. Our notes happen to be in between us. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> which is how I prefer to have conversations. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I like to be, be prepared, I guess. Right. But, uh, but really, I mean, I, I didn't even catch it when you were saying it. So, uh, I, I doubt if a lot of listeners even heard it the first time through. Don't, uh, don't be too hard on yourself. That was a uh, a very good catch, though, isn't it, Stephen? Yeah, good ear, Stephen. Stephen, yeah, and and uh, again, I don't know what a millionth of an inch would be, but I think you're getting down to the nano scale at that point. Very, very small. Well, I love that he said it was a microscopic thing. <laughs> microscopic correction there. Uh, very tiny air. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, well, I appreciate your time, Steve. Thank you for listening uh, to. Everybody else out there listening, uh, we hope that you are enjoying our first part, or the end of our first part of our episode on the Lincoln Motor Company. We do promise there is at least one more episode coming up. I know we've got a lot of backstory, but we're going to take it back to the future. 
when we talk to you next time. In the meanwhile, you can uh, drop a line for us on Facebook, maybe a topic suggestion on Twitter, or if you'd like to write in to us, just like Steve and uh, multitudes of other listeners have done, send us an email. We're, we're approachable. Yeah, uh, sure, and you can do that on your computer at carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 